My name is Helen Shikanda. This is the Nation Reports podcast. Imagine this. You have lived for slightly more than six decades, thriving in most aspects of your life. When you turned 50, you decided to take annual medical checkup. By Jove, nothing fishy snuck out of your medical examination all those years. One afternoon, after playing your favorite game, golf, your next business for the day was to attend the 14th annual medical checkup. One which reveals a scary yet scarring diagnosis cancer. You traverse five countries to get a solution and just when you are on the verge of giving up, a solution knocks from a neighboring country and so you become the source of hope for other cancer patients. This is what happened to Judge Alex, not his real name, who I met at Aga Khan University Hospital, frail but hopeful to take part in a clinical trial for a new cancer drug. Last year in November, I turned 64 years. So since I was 50 years, I had, um, I undertook annual medical checkups. So in 2001, I went for my routine medical checkup. My doctor said that everything was fine, but he was concerned that uh, certain markers, which are cancer markers, were elevated. He asked me whether I had lost weight. He checked my records and found actually that I had gained weight. I was, uh, the year before I was 95 kilos, I was 90 kilos. And now, uh, in, then I was 95. He asked me whether I'm fatigued. I told him I had just come from playing a game of golf. Uh, he asked me whether I get tired or anything. I said, no. Then he, he thought, he, he said, that is very strange because I didn't have any symptom whatsoever. Uh, this was the 201 in April. We, were, we had just taken our COVID jabs. So he says, Let's wait and observe. Come back. He gave me four weeks. I came back and the markers were higher. He said, we need to investigate. He sent me to a CT scan. The CT scan said there were lesions on the liver, but they didn't see anything in the colon. And yet the cancer markers were for the colon. So he sent me to an MRI scan. Then MRI scan said they see lesions in the liver. Uh, some ap appear as if they are cysts. And in his words, he says, your guts, your intestines, your colon is clean. I didn't see anything. And it became strange mm -hmm. because they were not seeing anything in the colon, yet the colon, the, the markers, the markers were elevated, so they sent me to a liver expert. I went to a liver expert. The liver expert looked at the scans and the images and said, this is not liver cancer. Go and do a colonoscopy. If they find no tumor in the colon, just go home, because there is no explanation. So I went, I did a colonoscopy. 
and they were able to find a tumor. 2021. Oh, 2021. Okay. April 2021. Mm -hmm. Get the dates correct. 2021. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They had taken off biopsy in the process of the colonoscopy. So they sent it for analysis and uh, actually found that it was cancerous. Now, they said, but uh, we need to confirm whether the cancer has spread, whether it's localized and all that and all that. So you need to do a PET scan. So I went to Dubai. American Hospital in Dubai, I did a PET scan. Uh, they found the cancer had spread to the liver and uh, was on both lobes and uh, and uh, surgery was not an option. So they said they should go on chemo. Mm -hmm. Why did they say surgery was not an option at that time? Because the lesions on the liver were dotted everywhere. It's not that it was one or two which they could uh, remove and, uh, and let the liver um, heal itself. And then they could also uh, remove the colon one. Mm -hmm. So even if they removed the colon one, it would not be it would no have no value because the uh, the the other the the the, 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 the other cancer that had spread to to the liver would still be there. So I came back to Kampala and I started on chemo. And that so you can see that period was between that period was between. Uh, April and beginning of July, mm -hmm. as you have seen the investigation. They had to do yeah. the, the, a genetic test. So my uh, local doctor in, uh, at Uganda Cancer Institute uh, made a request to a, a lab, and they had to send because they, are, they they don't have that capacity. They had to send my my biopsy blocks mm -hmm. in South Africa for analysis. So I had, and it took about two weeks, two and a half weeks, for, for the results to come. Mm -hmm. But the cancer had not spread anywhere else, not to the lymph nodes, not to any other organ, not to anything else. Mm -hmm. So after 11 cycles, I was too exhausted with chemo. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm not going to take the troth. Mm -hmm. I said, I just can't take it. Let me just see. So when I went to the scans, they found nothing. The cancer had cleared. The, it was not in, there in the liver. It was not there in the colon. But the cancer markers remained high. So they said, this is good. We'll give you two months rest. You do a review. 
then we put you on maintenance chemo. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened after two months. Uh, after three months, I was put on what they call maintenance chemo. Mm -hmm. me, for me, maintenance chemo, I thought it was uh, going to be like a tablet or something. Mm -hmm. But actually, they were giving me infusion like I was getting during treatment. So it wasn't any different from the Not quite that instead of four drugs, maybe this time they are giving me two or three. Mm -hmm. And the side effects were unbearable. Mm -hmm. Which were they? Uh, the fingers, the feet. Uh, hmm? Yeah, the, 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 the feet and uh, the fatigue, everything didn't go away. And uh, when I asked my local doctor, he didn't seem to have an option. So that's when uh, I contacted my niece, who is in Seattle, and uh, I organized to travel to Seattle. And Seattle Cancer Care Alliance, uh, Fred Hutchinson, uh, um, in collaboration with the University of Washington. Mm -hmm. Washington, the other Washington, mm -hmm. on, at the Pacific, okay. <laughs> not this one here at DC. Mm -hmm. Yes, so I went to uh, there, and the first thing they did was to test again. They had the genetics because they, 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 they had better technology and uh, that, that would reveal more details of the genes than, uh, than they have in South Africa. So that is when the doctors found out that actually I, 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 I was one of the few people maybe four percent or probably max of ten percent who had that gene mm -hmm. that uh, uh, could respond to a, a new drug that had just been approved for lung cancer mm -hmm. but uh, was on trial for for colon cancer mm -hmm. and they said that uh, it was doing better with colon cancer patients than even lung cancer. Yet lung cancer was doing very well. Mm -hmm. But they said they have to. They can only give it to a patient who has failed chemotherapy, radiotherapy, uh, <laughs> like a number of. Uh, the, it's 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 not a very, It's not recommended. Mm -hmm. as a second-line treatments, for example. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, but if a person, for example, has done all the cycles of chemotherapy, has failed, they have put him on the second line, it has failed, something like that. Yeah. Or they are putting on, on the chemotherapy, then radiotherapy, and they have failed, surgery it has failed, then that's when they put. So he said, I can't, first of all, it's not uh, approved yet, Secondly, we, we would not give it to you because you've just done one cycle of chemotherapy. Uh, so they put me on another cycle of chemotherapy. Uh, 
four cycles in Seattle and said you go back home, uh, rest for two months, do tests, and uh, refer to us. So that's what I did. I went to, I went back home, and uh, with a, a detailed report, so that uh, I don't, I did not have to go back to Seattle. Yeah. So uh, I went back to Uganda Cancer Institute. But uh, the recommendations, the parameters that they had given me, and all that. Uh, in my own view, I, I, I cannot say that it was uh, Uganda Cancer Institute, but some of the things they didn't have mm -hmm. at the Uganda Cancer Institute. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and uh, time was running out for me. Mm -hmm. So that's what did they not have? A number of things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> A number of things that are used in the treatment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like? Ah, there are so many things, whether they are pumps yeah, or syringes or yeah. needles oh, or, wow. or pre-meds, what they call pre-meds. Yeah, what they call pre-meds, the, the medicines that they give mm -hmm. before treating. Okay. Yes. The, what was available there was in tablet form. Mm -hmm. What Seattle had recommended was in injectable form, mm -hmm. so the tablet form could not work like that. Okay. So that's when I came to Nairobi Hospital and did the four remaining cycles. You went to Nairobi Hospital before yes. Aga Khan? Yeah. Okay. And did four cycles. But uh, after four cycles, the cancer was really not going down. It was stable-ish there, but uh, in the liver it had uh, uh, progressed a little. In the colon, it had reduced considerably. In fact, the scans said they couldn't see anything in the colon mm -hmm. at that time. Uh, so as we are discussing with the doctors at Nairobi Hospital what to do next, I reminded them that uh, of my results, of my genetic results. The South African? No, the, the Seattle, Seattle ones. Mm -hmm. And they were in the report. Mm -hmm. So when I did, that's when they, they, they said, oh, we, we, uh, we are doing this here. And uh, the doctors at Aga Khan had uh, called us and uh, and uh, informed us of the trial and all that and all that. So she, she got a phone, she called Aga Khan. Aga Khan said, you can come that afternoon. That was December last year, 14th. Mm -hmm. So when I came, I saw the doctors, they said, yes, uh, we can do that, but you need to take blood and we need to, to reconfirm whether the results at Seattle are, are the same as what we have. Science is science. 
Mm -hmm. and, uh, they say the good thing with science is that it is true, mm -hmm. whether you believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. According to the latest data published by Our World in Data, cancer is the second leading cause of death globally after heart diseases. Now, research is revolutionizing cancer treatment and diagnosis. In future, a genetic test done by just drawing your blood may save you from cycles of chemotherapy. We are at the Aga Khan University Hospital where Alex, who is lucky to have a unique cancer gene, is the first African patient to be tried on a new drug. So, what is the study about? How does the drug work? Uh, my name is Mansur Saleh. I'm the director of the Cancer Center at Aga Khan University Hospital, Nairobi. Professor Saleh Mansour is the clinical investigator of the study. And the study is the phase 1b study of the KRAS G12C blocker called GDC 6036, I think, for the treatment of all cancers that have this particular mutation. So we have tested 17 patients to look for this gene. These are 17 cancer patients. Here at AKU. Here at AKU. Mm -hmm. We send away the blood to Europe to be tested. We get the results. Only one patient had the gene, and it's him. So he's patient number one. Mm -hmm. There's another patient who has the gene. She has lung cancer. She's currently getting treated with chemotherapy. If chemotherapy fails, she will come on this study. Mm -hmm. So of the 17 Kenyan patients we've tested so far, he was the only one who had the gene. Mm -hmm. And that's why he's the first one to be treated. Mm -hmm. And is it just specifically for colon cancer? No, as I said. This gene is present in many cancer. Mm -hmm. It was approved for lung cancer, a different molecule looking similar. But this study is for any cancer that has the gene. Mm -hmm. So we've been testing patients with colon cancer, breast cancer, we've tested patients with gallbladder cancer. So many cancers have been tested in these 17 patients. He is the only one. He just happens to have colon cancer. But that gene, let's go back to the picture, Christine. That particular gene is what is driving his cancer. So if you block this gene, our hope is that mm -hmm. his tumor will shrink. Now, if he's got other genes that are driving his cancer, then the pill will not work. Mm -hmm. If this is the driver that is really driving his tumor, mm -hmm. and you block the engine, his cancer will stop growing. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter like what stage the cancer is? It does not matter what stage. Because whether it's stage one, now this study is for people who fail other therapies because it's a new molecule. Mm -hmm. So he's caught colon cancer, he got the right treatment for colon cancer, he got chemotherapy for colon cancer, he failed, he's failed three different therapies. At the moment, it stopped, he has no other options if it wasn't for this uh, treatment. And it's the first thing, so he's lucky. Well, he just happened to be lucky, and we happen to be there to have the study, and mm -hmm. he happens to be lucky to have the gene mutation. Mm -hmm. What does this mean for the future of cancer treatment? See, the future of cancer treatment is, this is the beginning, we call it precision medicine. Precision medicine is molecular medicine, whereby it doesn't matter what you have. You could have colon cancer, lung cancer, breast cancer. We will treat you for the gene that is causing the cancer. So there will be a time, you give me a drop of your blood, I will look at your blood, and in the blood, I'll see that you've got cancer cells, test the cancer cells for the mutation, tell you what mutation you have, and pick up a drug that blocks the mutation. So I will not tell you you've got breast cancer, I'll give you this and this chemotherapy, that's conventional therapy. 
precision medicine, precision oncology is looking at the genetic makeup of the tumor and treating you to block that gene that is causing the cancer. So this precision oncology is sort of a new frontier in the field? It's a new frontier for the past 10 years because we now see that it is the genetic makeup of the tumor that is responsible for the growth of the tumor. Mm -hmm. okay. And in this case, for example, we drew blood from him. We could detect tumor cells in his blood. And we then did the genetic testing for his mutation. So you can imagine, you may not need a mammogram 10 years from now. You may need not need colonoscopy for colon cancer. We just draw blood. In the blood test, you can say, this patient has early breast cancer because we can see those cancer cells in the bloodstream. And we can test the gene, and we can say, oh, this patient has breast cancer. She does not know it. Mm -hmm. The mammogram may not even pick it. And if she has this, we'll say, this pill is your treatment. Mm -hmm. It's precision oncology. Mm -hmm. So maybe let me take you back a little bit. How exactly do we test this gene in order to detect? <clears throat> so, you know, we have 46 chromosomes. So we have 22 pairs, and one from the father, one from the mother. So that is the genetic makeup of the body. So there are genes that says, you, your hair has the same genes as your finger, same genes. But in the hair, certain genes are told to be quiet, so you can make hair. And here, certain genes are told to take, become on, so you can make the nail in the skin. So we can now sequence in a machine the genetic makeup of every cell and of every tumor. It's called a next-gen sequence machine. It looks like a small refrigerator. You put in your tumor there, there are some mixtures of cells, you have to have the expertise, it can tell you the genetic makeup. You then need a computer to decide how different is this from the normal cell. But that can be done anyway. We do not have capability in Kenya to do this for the moment, but one year from now, we at AKU will have the capability to doing what we call next-gen sequencing of your tumor. So why is this uh, sort of gene blocker specifically for people whose chemotherapy has failed? Right, because today, these pills are not approved. So the only thing approved today is chemotherapy. If you fail chemotherapy and you have this gene, we can give you the gene blocker. If it's successful, in him and others will say, don't worry about chemotherapy. If you have this mutation, let's try this pill first. Now remember, <clears throat> this pill will not work forever after because it's like a highway. His tumor is taking the KRS G2LC highway. I'm blocking the highway. Cars have stopped, the tumor will starve, but the tumor is smart. He'll make another highway. May have another mutation. I'm only blocking this mutation and I have to test this tumor for the other mutation. If I have a blocker for that mutation, then I can block the other highway. So it is going to be science and research because the tumor is smart. It tries to have escapes to be able to overcome this blockade. Mm -hmm. So for how long is this patient supposed to take the drug? He will take it as long as it's working. Mm -hmm. And there may come a time when all of a sudden it does not work because it's got a new mutation. And then we have to test this tumor again to say, the KRAS G12C highway has been blocked, but the tumor is growing. So what's the other highway is taking? What other mutation does he have? And if we have a blocker for that one, 
we go we go on another study with that blocker. Mm -hmm. Is there a possibility that it can block and then the tumor sort of disappears? Forever? Possible. Yeah, possible. For example, <coughs> that's why we have what we call the stem cell. The stem cell is the seed that made this tumor, made his tumor. If his seed that grows the plant has this mutation, and our pill gets all the way through the leaves, through the, the branches, to the roots, into the seed, and we block the seed, he's cured. Mm -hmm. The chance of that is about one in two percent. That's really very, very lucky. Mm -hmm. Because we don't always get to the seed. We only get to the branches. Mm -hmm. You block the branches, the tree will go another branch on this side. You know what happens when you cut a branch. Mm -hmm. yeah. So those are mutations. If we get to the seed stem cell, that we call the stem cell of the cancer, mm -hmm. the cancer stem cell, and we block that gene, and that gene is responsible for his growth. Mm -hmm. He is the lucky person who will be cured. Okay. The patient also told me that he's also one of the lucky people who have this specific gene. Correct. So what happens to these other cancer patients that don't have that gene? Uh, well, we give them chemotherapy. And if chemotherapy does not work, then uh, we have no options. Mm -hmm. They also have another mutation, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. We have to test them but we may not have a drug for that mutation. We've been knowing about this mutation for nearly five to seven years, but we could not block it. We knew it was responsible for the cancer, but there was no blocker. Now we have a blocker, and we in Kenya at AKU have the chance to treat our patients with this drug, if you have that particular mutation. And tomorrow we'll have a new study for another mutation. Mm -hmm. Okay, when I was told about this study at first, like the first idea that came to my mind that it's gene therapy. So was I right? Or is it really <coughs> gene therapy? No. Mm -hmm. Gene therapy is when you remove a gene or you insert a gene. Mm -hmm. That's gene therapy. Because you're altering the gene. We're not altering the gene. We are blocking the effects of the gene. Mm -hmm. So it is not gene therapy. Mm -hmm. It is targeted therapy, precision oncology, blocking the effects of this mutated gene. Okay, now that, um, should this be successful because we are still in the clinical trial, how many phases, three phases? This is phase 1b and then uh -huh. there's a phase 2 and a phase 3. Mm -hmm. What's the aim of phase 1b and then? No, aim of phase 1b to say can we be used for all cancers mm -hmm. and if it works we do then compare this treatment in colon cancer versus conventional treatment. Mm -hmm. Is it better? Is it worse? And that was what was done for the lung cancer treatment, right? They compared it with conventional chemotherapy. They found that that drug that blocks the same gene was superior to chemotherapy, so it got approved. So phase two, phase three will be looking at efficacy and superiority against conventional therapy. So we don't know the efficacy yet to be We know it from the lung cancer study. Okay. We expect it to be similar, but we do not know that as yet in other cancers. Mm -hmm. What's the efficacy for the lung cancer one? 40% of patients will respond, and 30% of patient disease will not progress. So at least two-thirds of the patients will benefit from the drug. And there's also a reference to the lung cancer protocol. It also gives some description about what I just said. Should it be approved, how much do you think it will cost for a patient to get the drug? That I don't know. Okay. I'm sure it will be a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I can imagine it's expensive because it takes all this 
development, but chemotherapy is expensive as well. But if it works, the chance of being cured are much more effective by precision oncology than giving chemotherapy. Chemotherapy is like machine gun. This is targeted missile against the enemy. Will it be in Kenya at AKU? It'll be in Kenya. My hope is it will be our study will contribute data worldwide. And if this drug gets approved, it'll be approved worldwide. Then depends upon the Kenyan ministry and the PPB to then get it approved here. What would you tell the Kenyan ministry? Because I understand that the process of approving a new drug is quite hectic. What I would tell the ministry is if these drugs are successful, they are life-saving for our patients. They improve the productivity of a patient's life. That patient now is a productive human being, pays taxes, works, takes care of the family, and we should support this kind of research. We should invest in this kind of research. In the research that says treating a patient based upon their the genetic makeup of their disease. And more importantly, if we treat a patient early, by patients coming early for detection, you can cure many more patients. They will not be coming with stage four disease and then dying very quickly. Mm -hmm. So the ministry should encourage early detection and should encourage this kind of innovative research in Kenya. Mm -hmm. I also spoke to Serish Rupani, who is a clinical nurse and part of the study. Uh, my name is Serish Rupani, and I'm the clinical research nurse manager here. Uh, for this clinical trial, I'm the study coordinator. Um, we do oncology clinical trials here uh, mostly. Um, this clinical trial is the first in human. It's a phase one study. Uh, participant is getting this drug. It's an oral uh, drug. Um, it is basically targeting the gene, which is called a KRAS G12C gene. Uh, how, how you know that if someone, ha someone has this gene, you do a blood test, and uh, we sent his blood to a lab in America, and then we got the results. From the results, we came to know that, yes, he has the mutation. Once you have the mutation, we have a criteria. It's called an inclusion-exclusion criteria. Uh, before even that, that you see this what is the kind of cancer patient has. So this patient has a metastatic colon cancer, which is a stage four. Uh, in order to be on this trial, there is, a, there is a list of items you need to fulfill as part of the inclusion-exclusion criteria. So you need to have a metastatic cancer, either it is recurrent, advanced, and uh, it is a patient has failed one line of therapy before, and a physician is considering that, yes, uh, the available uh, options for this patient, this, this drug is more, could be more beneficial to the patient rather than the available standard of care options, depending on the patient's overall clinical status. So we reviewed this patient, and uh, we found out that uh, this patient has a metastatic colon cancer with liver metastasis. He has received three lines of therapy before, and uh, he's progressing from his recent scan. He has this mutation. Uh, he fulfilled all the criteria, and then we, uh, as per the judgment of the principal investigator, we, we seen that this patient would be eligible and could be benefited from this drug. Mm -hmm. So has the efficacy of the drug been tested already? It has been tested in a, in a few participants, in, in a few humans, uh, and uh, we do have some data 
from, from before, and it has shown that 80%, this drug is effective 80%, mm -hmm. but it has been tested in a very small amount of uh, people. It's the first in Africa, you see. It's the first in Africa, yes. We have never done a, a phase one study in Africa, so this is the first time we are doing, and uh, we are very excited. Mm -hmm. So is it going to treat or to just manage? It is going to treat the patient. Basically, it is going to target that, that mutation. Mm -hmm. which the patient has detected. Mm -hmm. Anything yes. else you feel that is important that maybe have not asked? So since it is a first uh, phase, it, it is a phase one study and it's the first in Africa, uh, we really have to monitor the patient. Uh, we have to monitor the patient for adverse effects. We have to monitor the patient for any, any untoward uh, effects patients can have. We have to uh, give him education so that he's aware of what he should expect uh, when he should let us know and uh, we will be having uh, weekly uh, meetings with uh, our team the sponsor team we're gonna keep them posted as well we are gonna do serial ECGs we're gonna do blood tests we will monitor everything mm -hmm. so monitoring is very important compliance is very important in clinical trials mm -hmm. what are some of the adverse events that you anticipate from this uh, based on the re uh, previous research data, we anticipate that the patient can have nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Mm -hmm. uh, we have already informed the participant. patient knows about it. Uh, mm -hmm. We have the management on how to manage those as well. Okay. How many doses is he expected to take? Uh, so the dose is basically uh, calculated from the team. The team has uh, given us the dose of 400 milligram, which is the most safest tolerable dose for him. Mm -hmm. Now once he receives the dose, we will monitor him mm -hmm. and we will ask him how he's doing on that. We will monitor his blood test, we will monitor his vital signs and clinical status mm -hmm. of how he's feeling. Okay. So we had a discussion earlier with your colleague. Uh, she was saying that they're testing for the most effective dosage. So that's what is being studied. So, so there are two arms of this study, which one is a stage one and one is a stage two. We are in the stage two arm, which is a dose expansion. So whatever mm -hmm. is the most tolerated, effective, and safe dosages, we are giving that to the participant. Mm -hmm. We will do weekly monitors with the team, mm -hmm. with Dr. Saleh here, our principal investigator. We will take the information from the patient, how the patient is feeling, how the patient is responding, mm -hmm. and uh, we will update the team over there. And based on the feedback, we will see if there is any changes needed or anything. The most important thing is monitoring patient for any toxicities. Mm -hmm. Patient safety is the foremost important thing in any trial, if it's phase one, if it's any trial. But in phase one, yes, most, most significant is patient safety. Professor Mansour now asks cancer patients who wish to be part of the study to present themselves at the Aga Khan University Hospital. Should they be lucky, like Alex, to have the Keras G12C gene, then they'll be among the first patients to use the drug. My name is Helen Shikanda. This is Nation Reports.